Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Underdogs podcast. I am Sporty Jordy here with Evan. Evan, how you doing? I'm good. I'm on location right now. I'm at a hotel yes. in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> That's fun. It's uh, it's very different. Like it's, <clears throat> I don't have a mic and I don't have headphones and I don't have. Uh, it's weird. I'm in a hotel and I'm doing a show, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> fun. Well, we had kind of a crazy day yesterday yes. um let's let's start off with some of the biggest question marks because we did our pregame show with sam that we always do went yep. through and there were a couple games that we were pretty confident about and those were two of them that went in the completely opposite directions so we had the division games with the Steelers and the Ravens. And then we had yep. the Seahawks first, the 49ers. And those were some of the games that we were all kind of, the Ravens are going to win and the 49ers are going to win, zero questions asked. And they both went in completely opposite directions. So what were your thoughts about these two games? I, and it was funny because, you know, we talked about it on the show that, you know, Pittsburgh's done. Big Ben's going to retire, you know, you know, they're done. Like you can close the door on, on the Steelers this year. And then all of a sudden in prime time, the Steelers are like, nah, we're not, we're not doing this. And they decide to like, just play a really, I mean, big Ben was serviceable last night. He, he played pretty well and the Steelers go out and they win and they, and they win and they made Baltimore just kind of look kind of confused. And, <clears throat> and we talked about this pre-show where I was on pins and needles last night. I had a guy that. You know, I had Lamar Jackson, who I thought was going to have a great game against Pittsburgh, and then I'm going against uh, a guy that had a couple people left. He had Clyde, he had Ceh left on, you know, to go later that night, and I had, you know, Lamar. I'm like, you know, it's going to be great. You know, I'm going to have a great, great, nice little cushion going into the to the KC game. But no, you know, Lamar, it just, it really, it, it troubles me going forward with Baltimore because the last four games they haven't really hit. 20 points. I know it's been like 10 points, 16 points, 19 points. They haven't really, they've been good. They've gone cold offensive wise. And, you know, last night going for two, we've seen that, you know, that movie before where, you know, remember, I think it was the first game of the season against KC where Harbaugh was like, Lamar, you want to go for it? You want to go for two? And, you know, they win the game this time. Not so much. I honestly thought <clears throat> since the game hadn't really gone their way last night, they would have gone for one tied it up, gone into overtime, and let's see what happens in OT. But, of course, Harbaugh doesn't do that way. I, I You know, he wants to go win the game and, and, and be done with the night. You know, I, I'm just going forward with, with, with Baltimore. I'm a little nervous with them. I mean, that division that they're in is – we talked about this yesterday on the show – is it's really, you know, separate by, separated by one or two games between all, all four teams. So 
if I'm Baltimore, I would be a little concerned about my offense because it really hasn't shown out. You know, Rashad Bateman had zero touches, zero catches. Hollywood Brown, I think, had nothing at all. At all. And then with Mark Andrews, it's 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 a, really a prediction of where I'm going to go or I'm going to get anything this week. So I'm really concerned about Baltimore going forward with their offense. Pittsburgh's just there. You know, Pittsburgh's. I don't know if they're trying to play spoiler to anybody, but they're just there. And Big Ben's like, hey, I might not retire now because I had a, like a decent game against Baltimore. What, what were your thoughts about the Seattle-San Francisco game? That was another one that was – well, hold on. first about Ravens-Steelers. Yeah. One, I never understand the decision to go for two when you can easily – especially when Justin Tucker's your kicker. When you can tie the game and have the opportunity to go in overtime, I'm the type of person I want to go for that 99.9% of the time just because I think it gives you the best chance to win because – like we saw what happened last night, if you go for two and don't get it, it's just over. Like you're not even giving yourself the opportunity. So I I hate it. It gives me like I it would piss me off so much, but whatever decision was made. Lamar's also making me nervous with the interceptions and the turnovers. And it just seems like very chaotic because their offense was missing a lot of pieces all season, but he was so stable for them. And he was that guy that was able to kind of pull it through. And now with him getting a little sloppy, I think it's making them overall sloppier and that's, that's creating a whole mess. But yeah, it just seems like the Steelers, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. And it seems like, it's kind of like we don't care if we do anything as long as we don't totally tank. Like, let's just figure it out from there. So that was a whole hot mess. Seahawks 49ers was another one because the Seahawks have been, I don't, I don't know if I want to say terrible, but they haven't been good. And and no, they've and, been and we talked about mess. this. We talked about this on the Sunday show was the offense has been Yes. Inept because they have yes. nobody. They have nobody on offense right now. And I, I wanted to go back to the Ravens-Steelers game. The Ravens' next four games to close out the season is the next five, Cleveland, Green Bay, Cincinnati, L.A., the Rams, and the Steelers yet again to close out the oh season. Oh, my. That's a brutal end of schedule. Brutal schedule to end the way, and these guys are trying to lock up a division, which if those are the last five teams you're going to play – and you're only scoring like an on an average maybe 14 to 15 points per game. I'm a little concerned with them going yeah. for it. Against if I'm teams. a Bengals fan or a, a Browns fan right now, I'm feeling pretty good because I'm like, we definitely have a chance to come in here and take mm-hmm. it at this point. Even the Steelers, we like this game, like this division, they're all like a game apart. Steelers even still have a chance to be a playoff team at this point. They are which still alive, which is the funny thing. And they're still alive, which is the funny thing. Like, you can't count the Steelers out even though they've been playing like crap. They're still in it in that division. I feel like the NFC West with the 49ers and the Seahawks is kind of that same feel for the NFC as they are for the AFC because the we all – I was – out on the on the Seahawks like I was like your season's done you're done and I don't know if they're going to be able they're not in as close of a situation because the Rams and the Cardinals kind of have this division locked up at least the top half of it right but the Seahawks were like down and out I was like they're not going to be able to make anything happen break up Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson it's over throw it all out blow it up and then last night they looked like the Seahawks, they looked like Russell Wilson looked beyond capable. They played smart football. They ran it on the goal line instead of 
throwing it, which is great. They're finally learning. But And then the 49ers kind of looked like, other than George Kittle, who was unbelievable, but the 49ers just kind of looked flat to me. Like, there was nothing exciting there. They couldn't really figure it out. So it was... I don't know how to look at either of these teams because in my mind, the 49ers were on the up and Seahawks were done. And now it's kind of like that totally flopped in one game. So I don't know how to look at these two teams moving forward. Yeah. And I agree with you on that, especially with the 49ers. I mean, they're six and six. They're still in the hunt for for a wild card spot. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when you're losing against Seattle, which we all, Counted Seattle out. I mean, we're, yes, you know, it was four and eight. So, and then you you let Seattle go in there and take it to you just like that. What kind of identity identity are you going forward, San Francisco? And I look at this way too because now you wasted the first round pick on Trey Lance, which Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's let's just say that he's been he's been okay. He's been yeah. decent. You could have you could have used another pick besides you know drafting Trey Lance going forward. You could have gotten a play another playmaker for Jimmy Garoppolo because. Backfield's been decimated. They've been Debo Samuel's out. You could have, you could have waited. You could have done and drafted another person on offense. So I, it's just, it's just so, so crazy that these divisional games have really put a wrench in how the playoff picture is going in the last few weeks of the season. And, and Ray's got a great point. The Seattle yeah. offensive line is bad, but they looked fantastic last night against San yes. Francisco. And that, and that's you know, why Russell like, Wilson had time. Oh. It's it's nuts, and that's why I like I like about divisional games is it, it makes things very very tense and very exciting because they could just throw a cog in the wheel and make everything just blown up, and now you're yeah. like, okay, how is the playoff picture going to go look in the last couple of weeks of the season? So I it's it was yesterday was just a it was just a prefla of funniness games yesterday. That's what I thought. Yeah, prefla. no, it really was. I know there's. Um... The game from last night, I know you have some thoughts that you have been eagerly waiting to share about this one. The Chiefs came out and just smothered the Broncos completely. Um, What are your thoughts about the Chiefs after last night? I'm not still sold on on Kansas City. I, You know, Mahomes was hot the first couple of weeks of the season, and then it's now like, okay, what Mahomes are we going to get this week? Denver played good defense. I mean, they held them to 22 points. But, you know, if if Kansas City is going to try and go back to the Super Bowl, like, you know, and repeat, it's not, I don't think it's going to happen with them. They, it's just so weird. They have so many playmakers on that offense. And it just seems like nothing has been transpired and nothing's meshing so well. I don't know if it's, if it's Mahomes or it's the play calling, but the defense has really been carrying Kansas City forward. Like, if, if the defense wasn't there, Denver could have easily won that game, honestly. Yeah. So I, no, I, just, I agree. I just don't know what's. It, it's it's very it's confusing and it's also like okay, well maybe Mahomes isn't the Mahomes we all thought he was. I had my doubts when he was drafted when when into the league. Of course, now he had the first hot couple of seasons. He won the Super Bowl, but now maybe Mahomes isn't the guy that we all thought he was. To me, how it feels, and like the weird thing with the Chiefs is like the record's eight and four. They're in the playoff picture comfortably right now. It's not like they're they're winning and on paper it's fine, but when you're watching it, there's something missing. And 
To me, there are a couple things that I think could be wrong. One, I had Andy Reid as my coach for a great period of time. And I remember when he was on the Eagles and he was everything and it was working beautifully and the Eagles looked great. But for some reason, there was this point where the light switch just turned off and it wasn't working with Andy Reid anymore. And now I'm wondering if that's kind of what's happening in Kansas City. Is it the relationship with Andy Reid? Is he not creative anymore? Because he does. He just gets to that point where at some, it just stops working. Or what I'm also seeing with Mahomes is we are so used to Mahomes just being great and doing all these crazy things and no one can figure him out. Where now it's just kind of like, all he needs to do is take a step back and stop being crazy and just play traditional football and play smart and just be a stable quarterback and he'd be able to get it done. It seems like he's trying to be like too flashy and too like trying to be the Mahomes that we're used to seeing that and he can't let go of that, that now it's starting to make his play sloppy and the offensive sloppy. So it's just not working in the same way that it used to because people are kind of catching on and they can kind of get the best of them. Their O-line still has to be reworked a lot. So I think there are a lot of big question marks. I I, I kind of agree half with Yoel. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I can get that the fact that maybe teams have really kind of now caught up to Kansas City in their play calling. But, you know, Mahomes looked shaky last night. Yeah. He only had 50% completion rate last night with another interception. That's not the Patrick Mahomes that we all know. No love especially on the fantasy side because if i was a fantasy owner of mahomes which i am i'm debating on maybe just benching him the rest of the way and picking somebody off the waiver wires so yeah. i'm just they're an eight and four team but they're not a good eight and four team no they're they're uh, to me they make it to the playoffs at even the teams in the wild card in the a in the afc playoff picture to me can easily beat the chiefs and, and that's concerning. Like you get to the playoffs. Yeah. Eight and four. Like, like that's what I was saying. Like on paper, you have this great record or good record. You're in the playoff picture, whatever. But when you look at every other person, they could potentially be playing in the playoffs. They lose first round to me. Like to me, I've never been one to root against the chiefs. Like I have loved Mahomes. I've loved it. Like I love everything about this team. Right now I'm rooting against them because there are other teams to me that deserve to be in the playoffs more. The Chargers and the Raiders to me both deserve to be in the playoffs more than the Chiefs, in my opinion. So it's it's kind of weird. It's a weird offseason. I'm hoping it's kind of just a wake-up call and next season they come out and they figure out everything they did wrong and we can kind of see them look the way we're used to them seeing. But right now... There's nothing that's really blowing my mind or impressing me. They're just kind of getting these average wins. They're winning games that they should easily be winning, and it nothing's impressive right now. I tell you what, I was on pins and needles last night because the guy I was going against was getting, had CEH, and we were separated by we ended up, I, I ended up winning by I think four points oh last my God. night. And every time CEH got the got the ball, I was like, please God, I don't need to be stressed in my life. Yeah, I, no, actually, no. This is the score of my my fantasy matchup last night. If you can see that, one four. Oh my, you won by one. Yeah, that's. Does he have anyone that. playing tonight, or is it done? Done. <gasps> that's that's a close matchup. And I locked pretty much. I locked up the number one seed for the playoffs, so I'm good. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, thank I'm you. So- 
I'm still fighting to make, I'm like, I'm like six and six in all of, like, I'm like so in the middle in all of my leagues. So I'm still fighting to like make it, but we'll see what happens. I was on pins and needles because there's one thing that I have done all season long. Every week, for some reason, I take the Lions with the points every week. Every so week. And yeah, they usually cover. Like, they are yep. very good at covering. But I've been wait eagerly, eagerly waiting for them to get their first win. And every week, I claim it's going to be the week it happens. I say it on our show every – like, for some reason, I just have this, like, hope for the Lions. And they finally got it done in an exciting I need especially for my Eagles I needed the Vikings to lose miserably so that was great for me as well but I was so happy for them and they were they were celebrating like they want did you see the videos of them in the locker room after it was uh it was it was amazing and yeah. I know I know it was like yeah, it was it was I, I think Dan Campbell was like breaking down in tears. I thought he was gonna bite somebody's kneecap, but he didn't do that. He, he was cried. hugging the team, like popping champagne. His press conference was great. He he dedicated the game ball to the uh the victims of the Oxford um school shooting, which was which was very touching. I I, I was tearing up with that. I'm like, Dan Campbell's yeah. like a softy. You got a guy that was biting wanting to bite kneecaps, now he's like a softy, you know, going into week thirteen. But I, you know, I, I, I hope this is a step in the right direction for the Lions. Now, obviously, this this season's been, you know, a wash for them, but they've got a good young core of, of players. They're obviously going to have probably the number one pick in the draft next year. So I think going forward, this is maybe a stepping stone in the right direction of maybe putting the Lions back into the, the picture of, hey, we can be a competitive team because the Lions have been a punching bag for a very long time. And yeah. I think with this this young core and you know with Dan Campbell as the head coach, it's it's a feel good moment. And I, I I was really you know I've been high on the Minnesota Vikings you know for this year because they've got a great core, but to lose against the Lions, I mean, come on, guys, come yeah, that was on. Bad. It was that bad. was bad, and it's funny because they kind of gave it to them. Like the Lions were up, were up, and then the Vikings came back and then had the lead, and then. Just with one second on the clock, the Lions just made it happen. Did you see the video of uh, Jared Goff's girlfriend reacting? Yes. Shoot, she was like, "They won!" Yeah. Oh my god! Like, oh my god. Oh my god. And then she was like, "Guys, you don't understand. This is their first win." Like, <laughs> she was getting emotional watching the video of that. Like, it was so. Oh, everything about it was so wholesome. But I think you're right. I'm hoping this is kind of a turning point for the Lions. And going into the season, I really don't know what anyone expect I'm not surprised by their record at all like yes you brought in Jared Goff but they didn't re-sign like all of their receivers were free agents they didn't re-sign anyone they kind of let everyone just fizzle out they have TJ Hawkinson who's great but really I don't know what they expected Jared Goff to do literally in the first week of the season if you looked at their death chart it was like empty like they didn't even have like if their top two receivers got hurt they were basically screwed like and they've been they were decimated in this... by injuries the whole season long too which yeah is... so i don't really know what they expected to me i took this as like a learning season anyway see where you're at with jared golf and then see what pieces you actually need and start building so for to me to have dan campbell who clearly is so invested and in, like he wants this team to do so well, I lost Evan. So we're going to see what happens here. I'm just going to keep talking for the time being. But the Lions, they kind of, it's seeing where they're at right now and then kind of taking it from there. Hello, welcome back. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then 
uh, I was basically just continuing where for the Lions, it's kind of seeing where you're at right now. And then, yeah, now you're going to have a great draft pick. Get the top guy in this draft and start building an organization that doesn't have to be a laughing stock. And Jared Goff is obviously he cares about this team. It's not like you have this like bad vibes. It's just you need other pieces to make the team work. So hopefully they can start moving in that direction. I agree. I, if if I if you were the GM of the Lions, you know, where are you going to go? For, I mean, first pick, are you going to maybe trade out of the first pick or keep the first pick? Um, I need to do, I don't know if I'm in a position to answer this yet. I need to see who's available. If you have a guy that you can get it for, cause obviously to me, don't get a quarterback. You still have Jared golf, who I don't think he's not the greatest quarterback ever, but I still think he's a great guy to be their transition guy. And you're going to have him for a couple years and he's still going to be good. So I think to me, it's if there is a receiver or an O-lineman or someone on defense that's going to be one of those guys, like a generational player, then you stay at number one and you take that guy and start going from there. But if there really isn't anyone super exciting available for them, then yeah, trade out a first, load up on draft picks later on, and then just see what you can kind of do. But I think for them, it's just all about getting the key pieces on either offense or defense, because basically you're starting from scratch. Right. And then just seeing where to go from here. As of right now, this draft class isn't sexy, so it's yeah. No, I know quarterback wise, it's not great at all. But I would trade out of the first pick and see what kind of you know movement I could do for that that first pick and get out of that. I wouldn't even do it. I wouldn't stay there. Yeah. Well, I know one team that had a lot of fun trading back and still made it work. This is a great segue. My Eagles this season. How how excited were you yesterday? Yeah, no, I need to talk about this a little bit. I, I, I need to talk. That was, I was waiting for that moment from the moment we traded for Gardner Minshew. I wanted, no, I also want to make it clear, Jalen Hurts is my QB1. And I know that, and I believe that, and I want it to be that way. However, I'm a big Gardner Minshew fan. I just adore him so when we traded for him I wanted to have that exact game like this season like I wanted Gardner Minshew to have one blowout game where we just get to enjoy all the craziness and especially going into that game after our loss to the Giants where we were kind of like where are we can we win against the Jets is this going to be the first time ever that the Jets beat us or playing in MetLife for the second week in a row where we kind of were in this uncertain period for him to come out and just have this super fun explosive day him and Dallas Goddard were connecting someone was joking they were like Dallas Goddard did you do you have got Dallas Goddard on your fantasy team oh I do my day yeah someone said he's gonna call into Philly radio with like an anonymous voice and be like Gordon Minshew should be the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles because clearly they were vibing but no all around great day and if we need Gardner Minshew one more week after the bye in Philly against Washington. If Jalen Hurts isn't hundred percent yet, I'm fine with it. I would give I would give Jalen Hurts one more week to, to recover. Yeah. Listen, but it seems like like Gardner we're Minshew, in- Minshew is a is a great quarter. He's he's, he's a good quarterback. He can yeah. he's a good fill in. Like I know you were talking about this. You and Sam were kind of going back and forth about if there could be a, a quarterback controversy in Philly. There's not going to be a quarterback controversy. Uh, I think well, there might be, but there shouldn't be because Philly's you know, crazy. I, I know it might be that for for you guys up in Philly. You know the Philly fans and all those craziness up there. 
I, but I think going forward, I think this helps out Minshew's value going into the offseason because yeah. you're going to have teams that are going to be looking for either a, a maybe a midterm starter or a backup right now. So this definitely helps out his value going in the offseason. Now, if Philly decides to, to retain him as the number two, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I think, you know, given the the tools and the opportunity, he's, he can definitely give you that that spunk or that spark that you need if, if he's got talent around him. Now, he had little to less in Jacksonville, but now he, he's on a team that has, you know, a little bit of talent, and it showed yesterday. I mean, he, I was – rooting for i was like give me another touchdown gardner throw it to throw it to dallas Gardner, and he did so dallas Gardner got two touchdowns yesterday and it was great for my fantasy team so i i would say don't listen to the the philly radio don't listen to those social media people there's no quarterback controversy your your quarterbacks jalen Hurts, gardner mm-hmm. mitch is just there to be supportive and be that backup guy yeah, I was very relieved when after the game, one of the reporters asked Nick Sirianni and he was like, is Jalen Hurts still your QB1? And Nick Sirianni was like, yes, of course he is. Because I was so scared he was going to give some like weird answer that was just going to be, especially because we're going into our bye. So we have yeah. two weeks of this conversation. I was so scared it was going to be some like hot mess situation, but he was very stern about it, which I think everyone needed to hear. Um, just to remind everyone where we are actually at, it is okay to have a backup quarterback and for the backup quarterback to just be the backup quarterback. And that's that's what I'm going to say on the matter. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's before we go into tonight's game, make sure you put your bets in. And what better place to go is to betonline.ag where you can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your first bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Jordan, now, we did hear earlier that it was 30-plus wins for tonight's game. Now it's 50-plus wins for tonight's game. The over-under has now gone down to 39-and-a-half. What is your preview for tonight's Bills-Patriots game? So, I, I'm expecting a very, very, very close game. Initially, before I knew how crazy the wins were going to be, I was predicting I was going to take the over at 40, and I was expecting like 27, 24, like something not crazy high scoring, but still enough. Now, I don't even know if that's going to be possible with these crazy wins. I think it's going to be very low scoring, run it out kind of a game. I would say definitely take Josh Allen. I initially had him at 36 and a half rushing yards. I feel like he's going to have one of his days where he's kind of just running because their run game itself is in shambles as is. And if he can't totally use his arm, then I feel like he's going to be the one kind of pounding it out on the ground. But the bills being favored by three still, I think that's only because they're the home team realistically in this one, the Patriots are the better team. They're, they're one of, if not the best team in the league right now. So the fact I was expecting a one and a half point, spread like I thought it was going to be that close so I was shocked when it was three I'm a hundred percent taking the Patriots here I'm I'm totally on board with that too as well the Patriots led by Mac Jones who I think should be considered for rookie of the year absolutely I think he has it right now I'm sure he's a lock on it as well but 
I, I just with with this team looking at what they're going to be dealing with tonight with with the weather conditions, and it's going to be a ground and pound game. And the Patriots do have the upper hand with the ground and pound because their running game is actually a hundred times better than what the Bills yeah. have to do. Damian Damien Harris, Ramondre Stevenson. I think Brandon Bolden might be in there. He is questionable right now. It's going to be a ground game. You're, if you're going to see any kind of passes through through the air, it's going to be maybe desperation on a, on a third and eight, and they've got to get the, the first down. But with what they've got to deal with tonight, I, I like these kind of games because yeah. it's going to be fun and exciting. It's going to be a low-scoring game. You're, you're going to see a lot of punts. You're going to see a lot of like people falling around. The football is going to go <laughs> everywhere. That's what I love about these weird weather games is you, you can't – you're going to – what you expected this game to be, Throw that out the window because you're not going to see that tonight because of the weather condition. It's going to be great. But, yeah, with the Patriots, so the way they are right now and the way they are rolling and playing, they're going to lock up this division. I think with this with this you know win tonight against the Bills, I know their schedule going forward is pretty pretty easy going forward as well. I, I like the Patriots. As much as I say – as much as I hate saying I like the Patriots, the way they've turned around from last season with – you know, they had the – they had Mac Jones – they had uh, Cam Newton in there. But now Mac Jones is is really taking the reins of this offense and really is is leading them to a possible you know divisional win and and maybe going into the playoffs is that you know that one of those crazy teams that's going to be coming out of nowhere and maybe going to the AFC Championship. You never know. No, this is the weirdest thing for me because I never root for the Patriots. I never enjoy the Patriots. And now I find myself like enjoying them. I enjoy watching Mac Jones. And tonight I've been a Bills. Supporter, I love the Buffalo Bills. I renamed them America's team over the Cowboys because we love Josh Allen and we love this kind of bromance that they have over in Buffalo. And I'm literally picking the Patriots and rooting for the Patriots over Buffalo, which is the weirdest feeling for me, something I never thought I'd say, but you just can't help it. They had this insanely quick turnaround. Mac Jones is just out there doing his thing and it's great to watch they made all these pieces click together so quickly and yeah it's a weird weather game in buffalo but the patriots play in new england like they know weird weather and bill belichick it's the bills they're a very strong team but they have weaknesses and if anyone is going to exploit those weaknesses it's going to be bill belichick who knows the buffalo bills better than anyone so I just I just think this is going to be a fun game for New England. I, I do hope it's one of those, like, sloppy, messy games where the ball is everywhere. I would love to see, like, fumble after fumble, just, like, give it back to each other, kind of like high school, backyard football, but which I think it easily could be with 50-mile-an-hour wins. But, you know, I, I think this is kind of the time for the Patriots to rebrand themselves. And, hey, if the Bills win, then – I'm also not opposed to that either because then it sparks the conversation. Can the Bills kind of revamp it towards the end of the season and come back and take the division? But I do think this is an – I don't want to say an easy win for the Patriots, but a good win for the Patriots. I mean, if they lose it, they'll be able to They'll be able to see Buffalo again in, in a couple of weeks because they play the Bills the day after Christmas in Foxborough because they've got the Bills tonight, then at Indianapolis against the Colts, then back home against the Bills in the last two games against – the Jags and the Dolphins. So you know they they're in a good uh, position, position to kind of keep their number one seed. Yep, I agree. 
It's gonna be fun to watch. I can't, I can't wait. I, I'm I'm at a hotel, so I, I found a place to go watch the game and uh, eat some food and watch the game. So it'll be fun to watch. It'll be great. Nice. Yeah. No. I'm I'm curling up on the couch. Mom's making spaghetti and meatballs, and I'm just going to enjoy this probably super low scoring game. Throw up on my sweater, <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, I know Eminem. Yeah. Wait, did you ever hear the rumor that he was actually going to open up like a drive-through spaghetti place? Because it actually happened. It happened? It happened, yeah. Where have I been? Where is uh, it, it? It was all over social media, yeah. It, it was like a gourmet spaghetti joint that opened up in uh, in his hometown, and he was there yeah. to serve customers on the first day it was open. That's incredible. All right, well, Google on that, that note, I'm going to go get my dinner and get ready for this game. Thank you guys so much in the comments. You guys were awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to join us again later this week. And follow us on all social medias at the FU Dogs Pod. We're out. See ya. Bye. If I know how to start this, I got it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.